Hello to all of my educational friends, uh, school PR leaders, um, just superintendents, principals. You are in my thoughts and prayers right now. And my goal, as always with this podcast, is to serve you up some inspiration as you deal with social media for your school. And this week, joining me, and I'm your host, Andrea Gribble, um, we've got Ryan Ferran, and he is out of California. And it can be or seem impossible to share all of the great stories happening in your district with a small communications department. But this episode, Ryan specifically dives into developing social media interns. And he he shares a lot more than that. We're going to talk about how an internship program with one student five years ago actually has grown into a full team of 25. Ryan's going to dive into ways to use offline strategies to grow your social media presence, simple tools to create great videos, and some Summer post ideas, including pets, positive stories, mental health resources, which may follow into this school year where we may or may not be in person. And so I invite you to listen, take some notes uh, from Ryan this week. And as always, we start each episode with a K-12 PR tip. So stay tuned for that. I'm Andrea Gribble, a Wisconsin mom who got laid off from her corporate career and jumped into entrepreneurship not knowing exactly where that road might lead. I'm a natural-born cheerleader who discovered a way to cheer on schools through the power of social media. Turns out, social media isn't easy. I had to figure out what I was doing, and now I'm here to teach you everything I've learned. The Mastering Social Media for Schools podcast gives you simple, actionable strategies to celebrate your students and connect your communities through the power of social media. Join me as I pick the brains of experts across the country to bring you the best tips and tricks to make your school social media shine. Let's get into today's K-12 PR tip. It's all about promoting your social media channels. And you're not just going to promote your social media channels on Facebook or with a tweet out on Twitter, you're going to post them offline or in person as well. And one of those ways is actually by putting a sign on the front door of your school or all of the main entrances so that your Anybody who walks through those doors knows your hashtag. They know your Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram URL, right? You want to be able to showcase and tell people that you're on social media. I got this idea years ago when I walked into a coffee shop and thought, hey, they've got their hashtag and their Facebook profile right on their door. Why don't we have these on our schools? So I have a very helpful blog. You can check it out in the show notes that'll give exact dimensions and show you what I'm talking about. We include the logo and you've got your Facebook and Twitter and Instagram picture that everybody recognizes. And I guarantee this is going to help lead to more followers. And guess what? It doesn't cost much money. So this is great. You can get it from any local sign provider. So check out the blog in the show notes and let's get to today's interview with Ryan Fran. Hey, Ryan, welcome to the podcast. Andrea, great to be here. Love the podcast. You've had some superstar guests on. So it is an honor to join you on this awesome podcast. Yeah, I've been inspired by a few folks like yourself who have been doing podcasting. How how long have you been podcasting, Ryan? I think it's almost three years now I've been doing the podcast. 
Okay. And I've been thinking about doing a podcast for more than three years, but I was, I was super scared. I don't know what I was so scared about, but I'm really enjoying it. And it's because I get to interview awesome people like you. So uh, if you would be so kind to introduce yourself to our listeners. Absolutely. Well, you're doing a great job on the podcast and people ask me about podcasting all the time, whether it's a teacher or a fellow rock star school PR person like yourself. And it's a it's a loaded question because there's so many different ways to do a podcast now, but it is a lot easier than people think. And it doesn't need to be have all these bells and whistles. If you go back, listen, to my first few podcasts, it is me in a bedroom and there's no music, there's nothing. And it's just, you know, it's the content that really counts. And then you can add things as you go, but there's a million ways to do it and you're doing a great job. So uh, great to be on. So Ryan Ferran, Chief Communications Officer, Arcadia Unified School District. I'm also the on the executive board of CALSPRA, California School Public Relations Association. So thrilled to be uh, on that team and have been an extended chair for the CALSPRA for uh, over three years and now on the executive board. And it's just a great group, great organization. And been here in Arcadia Unified out in California for going on six plus seven years now. And uh, my background is in journalism, news reporting, and just love school PR. I, when I got into journalism and doing news reporting, is in the TV business side of it and loved doing that for years, kind of got out of it, found school PR by happenstance and was in love with it, did it for a year, got back into TV, but I knew school PR was just perfect for me. I love the mission of it and uh, just perfect for my skill sets. And so been enjoying it ever since. And Arcadia, by the way, so it's in Southern California. It's right next to Pasadena. Um, it's in LA County. We're actually a hotbed of COVID-19. A lot of cases here. And we've been dealing with it for actually a long time. We're a highly Asian school district. So we actually sent out our first coronavirus update at the end of January. We're now on update 20 because we have a lot of students and families that go to and from China uh, a lot in the Lunar New Year this year. So we were tuned in to coronavirus probably a lot earlier than a lot of districts around us because of our connection to overseas in China. So it's been a uh, long haul with that as well. I love listening to the people you have on talk about their experiences with coronavirus all over the country. And uh, so we're update 20 and continuing here in Southern California. Yeah, that's that's amazing. I, I love hearing your story, Ryan. So most of the folks that I've interviewed that are true school PR, school communicators are either from their journalists or their teachers. And one or the other, that seems to be, I was neither, Ryan. I was chemistry and business. That was my major. Uh, but I, I just have also fallen in love with school PR and the joy of reporting on students. So tell me a little bit about that love that you fell in because you, you got into it for a year, then got back out and then got back in. Can you kind of explain that? Yeah. So I was kind of... Um... Long story short, I guess I was in college, not really, didn't have much of a direction. I was just kind of going to junior college because that's what I needed to do, get out of the house and go, you know, keep pursuing your education. And I was tended to watch the local news when I was growing up. So I grew up in the Bay Area, San Francisco Bay Area, Northern California. And I remember Dennis Richmond and Elaine Corral from the Channel 2 News. They were, you know, 
historical, like legendary local figures in our community. And for some reason, most young kids don't watch the local news, but I, I knew them and I watched a little bit. I got to college. Most college kids, again, don't watch the local news, but I found myself watching when I got to Santa Barbara, KUIT, and I knew, you know, Bob Burton and, uh, Debbie Davidson and, and the team. And so I, I kind of followed the local news and, but that was it. Little strange for a young kid to follow local news. But so I'm working at Chuck's of Hawaii on State Street in Santa Barbara and a waiter and kind of a bus boy there. And one night, one of the waitresses came up and said, hey, can you fill in for me this weekend? Uh, I said, yeah, sure, I, I'll take your shift. And I said, what are you doing? What do you have? Are you big plans? He goes, I'm, I'm getting my resume tape done at the local TV station where I have an internship. And I was like, whoa, pump the brakes. Tell me all about this. What do you mean you have an internship at the local TV station? So anyway, she told me all about it. I went down there like probably days later, signed up for an internship, just loved it. I was in the newsroom as a news intern. A couple months later, I got hired as a weekend assignment editor. And then that's kind of what started in my journalism career love journalism but i started out they have a, a friday football show there called friday football focused they cover all the you know the high school teams and so somebody said hey do you like sports at all if you do they let some of their interns on air if you want to be you know if that's something you want to do i said i love sports i you know grew up playing sports i follow sports and so i joined them then i so i started out in journalism doing sports and sports reporter and all that so I got a couple jobs and was super excited, loved the business. And in 2008, the big, our most recent recession, we had cutbacks and TV news, you know, because when all these companies lose money, one of the first things they cut back on is advertising. So news stations get hit really hard in recessions. So in 2008, I was doing sports at KSBY in San Luis Obispo. And my news director came to me, who, by the way, is now in school PR as well. My news director at the time is now a colleague in school PR, which is funny, um, said, hey, we'd love to keep you, but I need you to do news because we're just, we don't have the staff. And so me switching from sports to news was, I was just, oh my goodness, I'm going to have to cover city council meetings, school boards, and all this stuff that I'm not comfortable with, like put me on the field, I'm fine. But it was the greatest thing that happened to me because I learned local politics, local education, how to be a news reporter. It's different than sports. So I did that for years and that, that was great. And that's where I learned social media, how to connect and kind of curate stories and work with people and uh, do, the, do the whole connecting with the community. So that's kind of how I got my start was through journalism. And then when I kind of was done with journalism and had an itch to do something new, I started my own little uh, health and fitness radio show and an ESPN affiliate there. I taught a, a journalism class at Cal Poly. Those are fun little side projects, but I needed to get back to, you know, paying the bills and making money. So I saw this part-time job for a communications specialist type position at Lucia Mar School District. And it was like, you know, fit some of my skills. I know the storytelling piece. And it's the first time they had this type of position in the district. Applied for that, got it and just fell in love with the job right away. The superintendent, Jim Hogaboom, who's still a superintendent in the Bay Area, just loved his passion for education, what he was doing. Uh, the staff there was, I was just like, this is amazing. It's a team all advocating for kids, doing the right thing. They have issues with whether it's a teacher's union or disagreement, but everyone's kind of pulling the same direction, but how do you get there? So I loved it way more than I thought. And then, but then I got suckered back into TV 
So I went into TV again. And then after I was done with that, I was like, okay, school PR. And I actually took the job in Arcadia thinking, hey, I'm just going to take this. I'll, if I get the job, you know, I'll take it. I'll be back in California where I want to be. And then I'll find something else. And almost seven years later, I'm still here in Arcadia because I love it. And you're making a name for yourself. Um, uh, we're going to definitely link to all of your social media channels there at Arcadia Unified. Um, you get a lot of love on Instagram, um, you know, and celebrating the great things that are happening. Do you got some secrets there in regards to kind of building that platform? Yeah, it's, you know, building any, whether it's Instagram or any social media platform, it's tough at first because you dive in, you're so excited. And then you, you look up and you got 30 followers and you're like, oh my goodness, I'm doing all this work and nobody's seeing it. So I experimented a lot at the beginning. I remember, so with our Facebook page, I, I launched our all of our social media here in Arcadia. So you start from zero and you, you're just praying to get some followers. So one of the things I would do is I would experiment a lot and figure what do people like, you know, in my area, in my community. So <laughs> I would even go to the lengths of posting Dodger scores, like especially in the playoffs. So nothing to do with our schools, nothing to do with education, but all of our teachers and staff are Dodger crazy. This is like Dodger blue town. So I'm like, how do I get these people on? So like if it's a big Dodger game, I'm posting Dodgers just won. It's like, you know, 11 o'clock at night. Did you see the Dodgers game? They just beat the Astros seven to eight in extra innings, et cetera, et cetera. And I had a couple of people I worked with like, hey, you posted that in the district page. I think you meant to post that in your personal page. <laughs> I'm like, no, I'm trying to engage anyone I can, no matter how I can. So I would do stuff like that. Just find what's relatable in your community, whether it's education or not and put it out there and grow a following. Another big tip that I do is email blast your entire community. Email is, I feel like it's one of, Andrea, it's one of the most underutilized things that school districts have in their tool belt that they, it's so powerful, but they only use it a lot of times when it's negative, when there's a lockdown, when there's a crisis, coronavirus hits, okay, use our email system, phone blast, send it out. But you also can use your email system for good and for positive. So once a year at minimum, I'll send out an email, one paragraph just saying why you should follow our social media. So it goes to our entire community and no, you're not gonna get 10,000 people following you back, but you'll get, even if it's 8%, that's a large number of followers. So I always send an email blast saying, this is why you should follow us. And one of the reasons I put in there and it's not to sensationalize it is that in an emergency, we will absolutely utilize social media. So whether you choose to follow us now or not, please remember, if there is something happening, check our social media pages for information. Your email may not be working, ours may be down, but social media does a pretty darn good job of staying up and moving. So I always put in there, like, let them know during a crisis, we will be utilizing social media because sometimes that's the fastest way people aren't checking their email. They unsubscribe from our email. It goes to spam, whatever. So that's one of the things I always do at least once a year reminder. And then some years I'll specifically to our kinder first grade parents who are new to the district, just a reminder, we have all these social media platforms, go and follow them. Another thing I utilize is 
you have a question, go ahead because I can talk for hours. Well, I was well, I was just going to say I think that's brilliant, and it's a it's a good note to um, all of our listeners is that you grow social media sometimes off of social media. So you're using another platform, email. Um, we also do a lot of, uh, what's well, not working right now because we're not in schools, but we do door signs. Like I, I walked into a coffee shop one day and it's like they have their Instagram handle and, and their Facebook page. And I'm like, why don't we have this at schools? We've got all these people coming in the door. Why don't we put these, um, you know, signs right on the door when they walk in? Uh, and, and that's a great way to, you know, invite those in. And I love that you're specifically targeting those new faces, those, you know, pre-K and, and kindergarten kids. Those are new families to your district. Hey, make sure that you're following social media because it is the, it's the way that people stay connected. Absolutely. And that's a great point too. the the signs and what I call old school marketing is still so powerful. And we have the sign, the social media sign in our registration office at our district office. So when you walk in, you see our social media platforms and how to access it right away. But that's so you're so right, because you need to use some of those um, old school techniques, the newsletters to get people to the new school and the digital um, to enable that. So that's a great point for sure. Absolutely. And you mentioned that, that, you know, at Arcadia, you utilize students to help run your social media. How does that work for you? Yeah, well, speaking of Instagram, our somehow, some way we got the BuzzFeed named us like top 10 educational Instagram accounts globally or something crazy like that a couple of years ago. And I was kind of stunned and somebody <laughs> sent us the, ironically sent us the press release or the article from BuzzFeed on our Instagram page saying, hey, by the way, so I ran across this article of you guys. I was like, oh my goodness. I didn't know that kind of recognition existed, but I was thrilled about it. But one of the things we do is utilize students to run our social media platforms. So I am super hypersensitive of our brand and our image in Arcadia. We're very high academic, uh, great school district, very well regarded. We got accolades up the wazoo because of our teachers and staff are so amazing. So I'm very sensitive of our brand. So if you would have said when I first got here, my first couple of years that I would be allowing students to run some of our social media accounts and be managers of those, I would have told you there is no way somebody kidnapped me and they got rid of my body and then students are running our accounts. But running a district-wide internship, so I started this internship program about five years ago I got here and I, I'm like, oh my goodness, my head was spinning. There's so many good stories. We have performing arts are amazing. Our sports are amazing. Our teachers, as like, we have 11 schools, 10,000 students, which it's a decent sized district, but not huge, but million stories everywhere. I'm like, I can't get to all this. I wanna tell all these stories. So how do I, how do I get help doing this, knowing our budget's terrible? I'm not gonna be able to hire anybody for a long time. So I started researching internship programs and there was a couple throughout the state, but they were paid internships. So I, with the budget, I was like, that's not going to happen. And it's not going to be sustainable if it does happen. So I created an internship program, kind of took some best practices and then took some ideas and created this internship program. It's non-paid, but I give the kids so much opportunity. I created a partnership with USC. So we go there twice a year to USC. They have a huge media center. It's a full day of workshops and lectures with their professors. It's one of the best journalism schools in the country. 
then they have a summer camp that some of my kids get into formed a partnership with two of our local newspapers. So <clears throat> they're looking for content. They we talked about the news cuts. We have great writers here that are writing stuff. So our kids get their byline in the paper. They get experience getting published as a sophomore in high school. And the newspaper gets very well-written articles about the community. So form some of those. So the kids never want to ask about money, pay, even community or volunteer hours. So I try to give them so much back because I know that they give me so much. So one of the things I have them do besides they'll write articles, they'll do videos, they have their own podcast that they do, um, is help run social media. So with our Instagram, we have an Instagram manager that's run by a student, then they have a team, they have a schedule. So after working with some of our students, I realized they are very responsible, they're very smart, they know, they know this stuff, they're good writers. So after a while, if they were in our internship for a semester, then they can apply for these, you know, roles and manager positions. So I unleashed that and said, all right, for Instagram, your main objective is to take what we put on Facebook, put it on Instagram. But when you're out and about, if you're at the tennis match, water polo, go ahead and do some Instagram live and do whatever you want. You're the manager, you do some live videos and stuff. And so at first it was one of those, okay, if you're going to post, send me the caption, send me the photo on a review, everything. And, but then it's like, all right, do it. And you know, has there been a grammar mistake once in a while? Yeah. But you go in and edit, it's not a big deal, but enabling the students to do that, I can get so much more content out there because they're taking responsibility. They're, they're going to our Facebook page, going to our Twitter and posting stuff. So enabling students and empowering students has been a huge benefit. And then, so if you're the Instagram manager, you can recruit three or four people to be on your Instagram team, give them some days to do Instagram. So enabling students is one of the things I did that's greatly helped our reach. And then, so when I have students go out in the internship, one of their roles is they're kind of like the news reporters for the district. They'll go to the sporting events, the concerts. So, you know, at first it was me posting everything that they would go to um, on Facebook and all these social media platforms, which just got inundated. One year we covered over the interns alone covered more than 200 different events. And we only have like 180 something school days. So think about that. They're covering, you know, more than one thing a day, seven days a week. So I just said, all right, I need you guys to start posting this stuff. So we went over and I taught them how to write a proper caption, who to tag, you know, when you, how do you make, which photo is going to be the album, uh, you know, the cover photo, the most prominent one. So where do you place that one? What makes a good photo? So in my internship meetings, I teach them all of this. Then they're able to go out and do it. So the students have been a huge help uh, with me and growing our social media reach for sure. I love it. So how many social media in or just interns, communication interns, do you have each year? So it, it varies year to year, one year. So I started with one intern five years ago. I said, and when people ask, because everyone wants to do the internship, but they're scared to take it on because it is work. You got to manage kids. But I'll tell people it's the best part of my job. I love working with adults, colleagues, principals, superintendents, amazing people, but nobody has energy like kids. Nobody has ideas. Um, I just love being with the kids. I've had this year, I'll have two students for the first time ever that I've had every semester of their high school career. So I'm always jealous of teachers that I get to know students. They're with them every day, but I've had kids that I've 
in my program for three and now four years, freshman year through senior year, they've been with me. So it's been uh, amazing. Some years, so I started with one, slowly grew it. And one year I had over 40, which I don't recommend, which is crazy. So now we're back down to uh, right around mid 20s. So 25, 26 student interns. We do applications every year. Uh, we kind of make them reapply. I'll, we do a probationary period so they understand what a probationary period is when they get out to the workforce or for another internship. So I try to, even if they don't go into PR or journalism or anything related, give them the real world experience. Um, but so right now I'm mid 20s and uh, been up to 40. And I think 20s, probably 20, 25 is a good sweet spot as far as how many students. Okay. And when do you meet with them? Did, is it during the day? Like, do they have a designated class period that they get to come connect with you? Or is it after school? Or We do it after school. So we're almost, we call ourselves an internship because I want the kids to get work experience. And they are working. I, I'm hard on them because I want them to get real, you know, know what it's like to have a boss that's, you know, not always uh, sugar spice and everything nice and how to deal with that. So, but it's run kind of more like a club, like an after-school club. So we meet once a week at the high school. We're lucky we have one high school, so it's easy. I can go to them. So we meet, you know, 3.15 at the high school, once a week for hour, hour and a half. And then the rest of the week, we communicate and do things through our private Facebook group to talk about who's covering this, I need this, or take a look at this article, it's well-written. Um, so that's kind of how we do it. And I've actually done workshops and at conferences about the internship and can go on, but I have podcasts on it and anyone can send me stuff. And it's, I've actually seen it grow kind of people. And I remember a couple of people went to my uh, workshop and I talked to people in Texas and get calls from all over. So it's nice to see a lot of different districts doing their own versions, but some to your point, Andrew are doing it as a class, they're doing it as ROP. So there's different ways to do it for sure. Uh, but my biggest advice is just start it. Don't wait till you have all the answers. Tell the kids, be perfectly honest. I have no idea what I'm doing. I want you guys to be a part of something unique and special. You're on the ground floor. Help me figure it out. Start with one or two kids and then grow it from there. If you wait to have all the answers, you will never start it. Yeah, kind of like when I started my business. I really had no idea. I didn't even know school PR was a thing, but I got started. And then, um, you know, fast forward six and a half years, you and I are talking. And I think it's the coolest thing ever. You're building the next generation, really, of school PR, right? Yeah, it's awesome. And I actually had two kids. It's so weird. I haven't done an interview forever, you know, with anybody. And then two kids from Syracuse that are Arcadia High School alums, both studying PR, just emailed me within the past couple of weeks to do interviews. And I'm like, wait, you're studying PR. They're both at Syracuse, another amazing school, as you know, back East. And I'm like, wait, you weren't in DCI, my program? They're like, oh, that was my biggest regret, but I knew the program. I just had a million different things to do. But it's having the skill sets that I have in journalism and stuff. I'm like, if I can mentor kids and teach them some of these skills that I'm using and to see them go on, I just so rewarding for me. People say, oh, you're giving back to the kids. I'm like, no, I, I feel just as good. It's a selfish act because if I can help and do that, um, but to see some of the kids go on, they study media or film in college and they're the writers at their college paper. That's just so rewarding. And I, I love seeing it. And we always bring back our um, each semester at our winter break, we bring back our 
alumni from our DCI program that are now in college. So we have an alumni panel to kind of talk about their college experiences, what they're studying to give our current students kind of insights and good information and just to see how they've grown. And like I said, I've had two kids this year that were in with me with freshmen and to see where they were freshman year to, you know, now one's going to Stanford to see Sandy who sat in our meetings with her friend and only her one friend that whole freshman year didn't say a word to now she's a student managing editor, the highest position in our internship going off to Stanford. That is amazing. I love working with the kids. That's powerful. And uh, we'll make sure, Ryan, to get, we'll definitely get them to your podcast. But if I can get specifically to that podcast episode, I'll link that podcast episode in my show notes. Is it? Would that be okay? Absolutely. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, that'll be that'll be great. And I'm sure that when I mean, students relate with students and they know what connects. So I'm sure that that connection and they're, you know, running some of your social pages have really encourage that engagement and that following because other students know it's student-led, right? Yeah, the students, they really have the pulse of, you know, I think some businesses and organizations make the mistake and not necessarily in schools, but like, hey, just hire a young kid out of college because they know social media, they're on social media. I ride in airplanes, but I should not be designing or piloting an airplane. So it's, it's like this short-sighted like, oh, just hire a young kid to do it because I don't know anything about it. It's not very smart. So we teach them all these skills, but they do know, they have the pulse of like where the kids are at. Is it Snapchat? And for years I had this battle with my kids. They wanted the district Snapchat. And I'm like, oh, let's hold off. And and then like, but they know like now the kids are on TikTok. And I know that kids are, they're still on Facebook a little bit, but it's more Instagram, Snapchat and TikTok and all these things. So and having even just not even just with the social media, but just having a connection to the students like we've had a lot of issues as a lot of school districts had with rumors and we're hearing things on social media. And is this happening? I have a group of trusted interns that are connected to the school directly that I can trust and go to like, this is what I'm hearing. Did you see this on social media? Do you know who posted it? So having that connection with other crisis issues, but the social media to your point is huge because they know and we tried uh as i mentioned we're very high asian demographics so one couple years ago we tried weibo which is kind of the social media that's a hybrid of facebook and twitter tried it uh, one of our local police departments was on it so we're like oh i got some press we'll go there we gained little traction over like two years my interns like everyone's on wechat that's the asian social media is wechat it's not weibo so like that's from my students and that connection to your point is they're in tune with where everyone's at and why they're gathering there and where we should be as a school district because we need to go where they're at they're not coming to our district facebook you know our district websites anymore like they used to Right. Um, another thing that is really prevalent when you look at Arcadia's um, social media presence is video. You have a, you share a lot of video. Can you share why 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 video? Why so much on on social media? Video, as you know, video does so well. It um, you know if a picture is worth a thousand words, video is worth five thousand. I mean, you just capture the emotion. You can do so much, and now it's become so easy to do video on your smartphone. We have a 
series called the Digital Education Station, which is more of a long form blog that it's usually me and the superintendent sit down and we talk about issues, whether it's curriculum, new state testing, um, new initiatives, et cetera, whatever it is. And then if we're working with somebody like restorative practices, I'll have the trainers on and talk to them when they're here for a staff training. But I do all of those on my smartphone. So I had a nice big camera years ago and I used it and I still have it once in a while and I have DSLRs, but 95% of the videos we do are on the smartphones because I wish I had a video team. I wish I had a video department, but I need to do videos. I want the, the highest quality they can be, but also time efficient, you know, how quickly I can do them. So I use uh, my iPhone and iMovie for most of the things I do. I've been using it for years, so I'll, I'll kind of study, go deeper into how I can use some better techniques and graphics and blend music and stuff like that. And that's one of the first, every semester of the first workshop I do with the interns is smartphone video projects. So I teach them how to do it, audio, lighting, horizontal, all those techniques, use good microphones. And then they do, I have them do, okay, here, I'm going to teach you this week. The next week you have a project to do about the school. So beginning of the semester, I get like five or six really good ones that the interns do for me via smartphone. I do have a studio behind me that is like a green screen studio that we do this in, but that's still only like, you know, I have a green screen, some lights and some of the basic equipment, but that's all like less than $250. And then we shoot it on the, the iPhone, run it through iMovie to add some graphics and stuff like that. Um, but video just does so well. I, even one of our coronavirus updates, as I mentioned, we're on 20 right now and counting as we record this, I was on a, one of our foundations meeting last night and they were talking about, we decided to do a couple of the updates as we're getting later on and stuff is becoming less urgent to do a couple of those video format where it's the superintendent and myself doing a Q and a, and you know, the written ones are great, but if it's not urgent and you want to be more transparent and provide some of the perspective and thought process into the decisions that are happening, what is known, what's unknown, and kind of get a better understanding. Video is a great way to do that. So we sent out two updates now for coronavirus stuff that are videos, Q and A's with me and the superintendent. We have more planned and the response to them have been great. They're a little bit longer. Me and my superintendent, as you can tell now, we are, we don't, uh, we're, we're long-winded. So both of us combined do not make for a great short video, but people appreciate the fact that they feel like they're a part of the conversation. We're both real. like. We have talking points, but we're not scripting what we're saying. Our superintendent never uses a teleprompter. I'm not using a teleprompter. And so they, they get the, it's authentic. It's not this like contrived, like you say this, I'll say this. No, we absolutely say, here's some talking points. We want to hit on these, but it's a conversation. People are like, all right, I better get it. They can see the emotion in us. They can see the frustration that we're sharing too. And so video captures all of that um, better than the written word or a photo can do uh, in most cases. Absolutely. And it, and it has good reach on social media and, and uh, you know, images are great um, and engaging captions and all of that, but nothing is, nothing is quite as great as video. Um, we, uh, we're, time has been flying by, um, but I really want to kind of end with Ryan, we're going into the summer months. This is going to air on June 15th um, with so much unknown 
And, you know, we've got a lot of school PR folks that we're connected with across the country, really across across North America. We're facing a lot of uncertainty. And, and when it comes to just communication and, of course, social media, what kind of advice would you want to share with those folks listening in regards to as we look forward to this summer, um, what that's going to look like? Our focus right now has been with all the coronavirus stuff is trying to get back to positives. So we're really pushing getting positive stuff on social media, reminders that teachers and staff are still doing amazing things. This is an unfortunate situation and we're not happy about it either, but the innovation, ingenuity, the care and love we've seen from our community has just been remarkable. So we're trying to share as much as that as possible. Another tip I would give to your listeners is the media is craving stories right now that are even coronavirus related, but positives. So utilize media relations big time. We've been concentrating on that, seeing great results with articles, uh, big TV news stories in our local media. Um, so we're really trying to push the positives because we know this, you know, every time we send out an update, it's kind of depressing. It's like, all right, where our schools are closed, we're extending the closures. We don't know what next year looks like. So it, it gets, it's hard for people. Um, so we're pushing the positive as much as we can. We also started a mental health Mondays to help with that stress and anxiety that students are feeling. So people know that we care. So we have our counselors and psychologists are doing an amazing job. So what I'm doing is taking their great work and making a public relations campaign of it. So our students and parents get those resources um, and just figuring out how we can support the community. Um, so that's our concentration, you know, get, get in the, crucial information they need with school closures, schools reopening, protocols, and all that. And whatever spare time we have, get those positive stories out there and reminders that great things are happening in public education. We appreciate your support. We need it. And that everyone's so appreciated in uh, Team Arcadia Unified. That's awesome advice. I love that. Um, Ryan, where should listeners kind of stay connected with you? What's the best spot? Uh, Twitter is good. LinkedIn's good. I'm going to give you one last uh, social media gem that every one of your listeners can steal and just see the reach bombard. So, you know, I have sometimes these wacky ideas. And uh, one of my media relations when I do conferences, I talk about utilizing kindergartners and the young kids because I was showing a couple of video clips in this session. I'm like, I realize a the theme here. All these, they're young kids. Kindergartners are just adorable. So if you have something with kindergartners, media is going to eat it up and everyone loves it. But another universal besides the weather that we all love is our pets. So we, I was like, with the coronavirus, everyone's at home. I am a dog person. I don't have one, but I've been wanting to adopt a dog so bad. And now that everyone's home, the shelters are empty. But everyone's posting pics with their 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 cats, their dogs, and because we're all at home with our furry friends. So I'm like, let's let me see if this works. And so I did. Uh, I think it was pets of AUSD hashtag. So I did a post on Facebook saying. I'll share the link with you and I can go back and find it. Uh, we know you're at home with your furry friends or something like that. They've been such a great support. Share your picture of your AUSD pit in the comments below. We had over, that was our most, in six years of social media, our most popular post with, I wanna say 150 something comments of just adorable pictures. And then some of the teachers like, this is the best thread ever because you're seeing like your colleagues 
oh my god i didn't know you had a dog i, I didn't know you were a cat person so there the comments were there were so many but there were so many conversations within the comments and it was just this light-hearted and this was kind of at the beginning of the coronavirus when we just found out schools were closed and like life just no other way to say it just sucked and so people seeing the pictures of the pets and then connecting like oh with that teacher over there i got the same kind of dog it was the most successful thing we had so do whatever your school district is pets of insert name of school district do a post ask for pictures of your pets and uh it just took off amazing that's awesome advice. And what a great idea for summer because summer's here and people, I, I mean, we've been home, unfortunately, I guess for a while, uh, but some of us are really struggling with what, what are we going to put on there? And the, the comments that come in, so you can post your picture, but then when there's dialogue within comments, all of that helps this Facebook algorithm that we're trying to crack. And I bet that post reached thousands and thousands of people, right, Ryan? Oh, it did. The reach was great. And as you said, that's a huge, we could have a two hour podcast on the Facebook algorithm issue because we're all facing it. It is a tough nut to crack and Facebook is working against us now. So it's very hard. We still utilize it for, especially for parents, but it's very difficult. So the more comments you get, the better uh, for your reach. I have posts now that'll get like a 3000 reach, 4,000 maybe that five years ago would have got 50,000 reach without a doubt. Um, and that's the whole pay to play Facebook boost and all that. But yeah, so the, the comments, if you can elicit something with comments, whether it's pets or what your favorite team that does very well with the Facebook algorithm. Yeah. And the, the pets, it was really a way to bring your whole school community together. And that's what I think, you know, we are all, all about celebrating our schools. That's what kind of our tagline is. We want to celebrate students and connect communities. Well, with with all of the what's going on in the world right now, it's how can we use our social pages for our schools to keep us all connected? Um, and, and that's what it's all about. So, well, thank you so much, Ryan. I've learned so much and I know our listeners did as well. So are you at Ryan Ferran on Twitter? Uh, at Ryan P. Ferran is my Twitter. Okay. And we'll... Okay, and we'll link to your podcast as well, um, which is another great one to listen to for for school PR. I, I've gotten a lot of inspiration out of that. On we're both runners, so we, yeah. we like to run and listen to podcasts. Um, whatever whatever means you uh, are listening today, we appreciate you uh, listening in, and we hope you'll join us next time. Have a great one, and thanks for joining us, Ryan. Andrea, thank you so much. Loved it. Keep up the great work. You're a school PR rock star. The podcast is amazing. And thank you so much. Bye-bye, guys. Well, that's a wrap. Another episode of our podcast. I hope you learned a lot. And if you did, you should hit subscribe, right? Have you subscribed to this podcast yet? We come out with new content every single Monday. We're interviewing great guests. We're uncovering great tips that are going to help your school. Hit the subscribe button. And if you haven't left me a review yet, I'd love to hear from you there. So just hit a review. Now in the show notes, you can actually sign up for my newsletter. You guys, socialschoolforedu.com. We've been serving schools since 2014. We just focus on social media. And if you want helpful videos and blog articles and links to other helpful content, you're going to want to be on that free newsletter. So check that out in the show notes and get signed up today. Socialschoolforedu.com is our website. You 
can check out more of what we offer there. My mission is to help schools celebrate what's going on in their districts with social media. We work with public schools. We work with private schools. We work with charter schools. um, And we share all of our experience through free content and through some paid services, which include a membership program, a webinar pass. Um, We even do full management for schools. We just want to make social media and celebrating schools easier. So you can check out more at our website, socialschoolforedu.com. Until next time, guys, keep telling those stories.